feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Is President Biden ready for prime time or any time? That's the question tonight, because he is out there saying that the climate and climate change is the emergency of our time. I contend what about the border? I contend crime. Look at economy. Look at inflation. He is just all over the place. And we're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, because It is stunning that he is caving so much to the far left of the Democratic Party. And the reason I say that is if you look at some of these new polls, 1% of Americans, that includes Democrats, say that climate is the top issue. Everybody says economy, inflation, gas prices. There's a lot of issues, crime, as I talked about. There are so many issues that make it a lot higher on the list. Even Democrats say 1% believe that climate change is the emergency of our time. And yet today, President Biden is out there touting his climate change plan. So we're going to talk about that later in the hour because, to me, that is astounding. It shows how tone deaf he is, how out of touch he is, and also, sadly, How much the far left, the progressive, progressive wing of the Democratic Party has this president under their thumb? That is a scary, scary premise because Joe Biden normally is kind of a moderate, but he is not talking like a moderate. He is talking like a far, far lefty, like an AOC acolyte, like he is like, you know, best friends with Cori Bush and the squad. And like everybody else in the country, including the rest of the Democratic Party, don't matter. And that is going to be his demise and probably the party's demise, by the way, come November. So we're going to talk about that tonight because to me it is astounding, the tone deafness, the disconnect of this president. And also, you can't take what he says seriously because one day he says one thing, another day he says another thing. And you just can't keep his story straight. Remember, by the way, remember in Afghanistan when the whole issue was happening with the withdrawal of Afghanistan? It was like, oh, don't worry. You really think that Americans are going to be lifted from the rooftops? You really think we're going to leave Americans behind? Well, he did. You know, he's over and over again, like, misstated things. And then he's told this story. Uh, Remember about corn pop? He's told the corn pop story, like, Ten different ways to Sunday, like Corn Pop, you would think is like a, like Thor, like a superhero, you know, because he's told about him so many different stories and different versions. And today he went into a whole other version that America went, oh, my goodness. Now, we basically said this when he was over in Europe. Remember when he was there and he was talking about we need regime change with Vladimir Putin or U.S. troops. When you go into Ukraine, you're going to find out what it's like. People are like, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So he has kind of said things before that sort of sent the world into a tailspin. And tonight, especially all over social media, it was not unnoticed what he said in a comment today. This is astounding. Because he's told this story before, by the way, and yet he said, 
because of oil and gas and problems in Delaware, he said because of all those issues before, he got asthma, that there's been health problems that he's had in his family, and that so many people went to Delaware that were in that area, basically, that got this sort of disease. Well, then today, he went one step further, basically telling the world, suddenly it slips that he has cancer. Take a listen. The first frost, you had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. What? Uh, uh, what are you talking about? You have cancer? Is that the way you announce to the world that you have cancer? So suddenly the White House goes into this enormous tailspin. Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Because they didn't know the president had cancer. And it turns out he was referring to some skin cancer he had years ago. Melanoma, which most doctors I was watching tonight were saying can't be because of what happened with the oil plants and all these other things. And remember, he told the same story before related to why many people, including he, had asthma. So which story can we believe? Probably neither, based on this president. He just sort of throws these darts out. You have no idea what he's talking about. He just seems like he is all over the place. And to me, it is downright scary. He's the leader of the free world. I mean, this is not like, you know, somebody just kind of having fun, you know, chit-chatting with friends. He's the leader of the free world, basically telling everybody there's a climate emergency. Suddenly he slips out that he pretends that he got cancer from Delaware. I mean, by the way, don't ever go to Delaware because it sounds like you get cancer and you get asthma and you get everything else. And by the way, lately you get uh, illegal immigrants because, you know, uh, Greg Abbott shipping them there to Delaware. Remember, he wants them in front of the president's place in Rehoboth. So, boy, is he not a way to kill tourism in Delaware? You would think it's like the end of time there in Delaware, the way that this president's talking. And it is no wonder that in the last few days, everybody is saying, is this president ready, as I said, for prime time? Take a listen to this exchange just recently. This is one of the GOP congressmen talking to Pete Buttigieg, of course, the transportation secretary. And listen to this exchange where the 25th Amendment, meaning maybe the president isn't ready to serve anymore, came up. President Biden's mental state, and for good reason. Sadly, he shakes hands with ghosts and imaginary people. He falls off bicycles. Even at the White House Easter celebration, the Easter Bunny had to guide him back into his safe place. Cue cards that say, sit here, or end of speech, which he actually states, that is, if he stays awake. So my question for you is, sir, have you spoken with any other cabinet members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? First of all, I'm glad to have a president who can ride a bicycle. And I will look beyond the, the insulting nature of that question and make clear to you that the president Have of the United States... Have you spoken to any other cabinet not. members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? The, of course please not. Please allow the you witness to know Have you emailed... This is my time. States, Have you emailed any members with the, the executive States. branch about the president's health the or cognitive decline, of the United States including text messages from your private or phone? Boss as I have I ever had the pleasure this. of working with. Whoa! 
I don't even know where to begin. There was so much in there between who can ride a bike and who can't ride a bike and him shaking imaginary hands and the fact, have you ever talked to someone about the 25th Amendment? I find it hard to believe. Maybe Buttigieg hasn't because he clearly looks like he might be gearing up for 2024. He and Gavin Newsom look like maybe the ones to beat. And in fact, there's reports that Kamala Harris is out there and trying to gain funds and get donors for 2024. But you cannot tell me that there has not been a discussion at some level, even if it's been thousand percent private, about is this president ready mentally and physically to continue on? I mean, he can't even keep his story straight about if he got cancer and when and why and how. I mean, that is downright frightening. And you can just see it. Even today, he's making this big declaration and he's like, uh, 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 and he's shaking imaginary hands. We saw it in Israel. We definitely saw it on other trips. It is really frightening. He is clearly a man in decline. No wonder that if you look at the latest polls, it's like single digits, especially of young people that approve of this president and that feel confident in the direction of this country. The Democratic Party is speaking out, saying they're potentially looking at other alternatives, not the White House, because they can't say it, especially before November. But I bet I am telling you, I bet you right after the midterm elections, wherever they go, I bet there will be a serious discussion. And then suddenly the president will want to spend more time with Jill and the tacos and all the other stuff that she likes to talk about. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex on line two. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, first of all, I think it's ridiculous that Kamala Harris is thinking of running in 2024. I mean, she did so poorly in the primary of the 2020, and she wasn't even a disastrous vice president like she is right now. Uh, she she didn't have all these, you know, hot hot mic moments where she was laughing like a baby and people looked at her in, in disgrace. But I, I was about this climate change thing. President Biden said today that it's it's a emergency that we have to take care of because when it comes to climate change, nothing stands in the way. It sounded like it's not about the American people that when it comes to helping the American people, nothing stands in the way because, I mean, the majority of the American people don't see climate change as an existential threat or the most important issue. Inflation is the most important issue. So it sounds like he's for him, what's most important is to push the agendas that he has to push forward and, you know, accomplish because he has to now help how China with their economy because his son Hunter is in bed with them. So what he's going to do now is they're going to build the windmills and the solar panels and he's already signed contracts, I heard, with, with China. And that's what it's all about. You know, what's interesting, Alex. You hit a great point about uh, where some of this stuff is coming from, because today he was standing there. First of all, I thought, what a bad advertisement. He's speaking there. He was like a few blocks from a strip joint. By the way, did you know that? I was like, okay, great. Um, And it was like this abandoned coal plant, um, which was like you could see it's like a decimated community. Like, boy, this could be your town. I'm thinking, I don't want to be where he is right now. Like it was like sort of like the worst advertisement for his green energy plan. And he was touting, just like you said, these little windmills and the whole plan. Guess what? The windmills would go in the ocean and you need cables, you need battery, you need all this stuff. And you just pointed out. 
um, China would play a role in the construction of it. And also Italy would be responsible. Italy, because they have these great cable cars, as we all know. So they have these great cables that have to be connected to these windmills to be able to power them. So how was that helping American jobs? I, I mean, it's like he's just so intent on this loony lefty policy at the expense of the American economy, the American future, moving us away from energy independence and talking about this great transformation right now, Alex. And I, you know, I don't even know, Alex, if he really understands what he's doing. And that's sad. And I say that, Alex, as someone I've interviewed President Biden. I've known President Biden. I think the first time I met him was 1995. So I'm speaking as someone who has spent time with him and has talked to him. And he's always been a very quippy, uh, very kind of astute, uh, very kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, snarky, if you will, but very intelligent, very quick witted, very fast. This is not the guy that I have met and seen for decades. This is not the guy. And America deserves better. And that's why I say it, because it's a huge concern. And and I, that's why I wonder, who do you think is powering his green energy power message? Because I'm not convinced it's Joe Biden. This is not really a Joe Biden message. This is someone getting in his ear and saying, Joe, uh, don't worry about those polls. That 1%, uh, they really mean 100%. You're not reading it right. Oh, okay. Um, so who do you think is driving the train, Alex? It's a bunch of people in the Senate and in the in the Congress that are telling him, either you do what we want or we're going to, you know, use the 25th Amendment on you and get you out of the White House. I think that's what it's, it, it really comes down to. And he's compromised by, by his son working for China. And if you think about it, his son worked for China. What was he working with? He officially worked for an oil and gas company in China. So it's uh, really interesting that – his son made all that money of oil and gas. And but but he said he, really he knew nothing, Alex. Remember, he said he he knows nothing, like yeah, Sergeant the evidence, Schultz. The evidence is clear. <laughs> he absolutely knew knew exactly what his son was up to. And I was actually thinking, um, he has a press secretary that maybe, you know, should run for president. She'd certainly be better than him. Karine Jean-Pierre, she's gay, she's black, she's a woman. And we know that she would maybe do a very good job with reading off a teleprompter because she's pretty good at reading from the notebooks in front of her. When she has those press conferences, she turns to the page where, you know, where to the topic that the question was asked about. By the way, I think the past one, I think the past one actually would have been uh, a better one. And look, obviously she's now at uh, MSNBC, but um, Carrot Top, I thought was actually pretty good. You know, I thought she was pretty quick and pretty quick-witted and didn't always have to read uh, the cards. Alex, thank you, though. Great call. Let's go to uh, Dom in Minnesota. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, Rita, you know, Pete Buttigieg openly testified in Congress that more the pain at the pump, the faster the transition to the Green New Deal. And immediately, as soon as he said that, he winced and pulled back once he heard himself speak. Uh, when asked if the electrical grid would support the transition to a green economy, he said, not today, it won't. So I'm thinking we need a Robin Leach to create a show on lifestyles of the rich and the climate obsessed. And John Kerry could be the first contestant. The way he would be great (laughs) because he's got his uh, private jet that is emitting like more than like most uh, commercial airliners on Delta, you know, I mean, that the hypocrisy, Dom, is is so stunning, just as you point out, you know, they take a private jet uh, that just emits so many, you know, carbons and so many issues and pollution 
And then they go and do this whole big speech about, oh, well, you got to do this. And then they hop on their jet and go home. And this great sort of liberal transition, it's like most Americans didn't vote for the liberal transition. And right now, by the way, you know, with the economy, you know, I'm open for different ideas for making the world a better place. But I care about the economy and I care where we're at. And that, to me, is the most important thing. This is not the time to do some great uh, transition that voters just don't want. Again, Democrats, by the way, uh, on that that list, I said 1% put climate change at the top of the list as their biggest issue. Of Democrats, 3%, 3 3% say it's their biggest issue. But he is appealing to the loony kazoony left. Because he needs them somehow. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Is it time for the 25th Amendment? And why is our president shaking hands in the air? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Boy, is this not the perfect song here on the Rita Cosby Show. He is out of touch, and boy, is he ever. We're talking about President Joe Biden shaking hands to ghosts, talking about cancer when the White House walks back and said, oh, no, 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 he didn't mean that. Oh, uh, sending troops to Ukraine. Oh, no, no, he didn't mean that. Boy, we are in trouble. And today he said the biggest issue In America today, it's not crime, it's not the border, it's not the economy, it's not gas prices, it's not people not being able to even buy homes or any of these problems or load up the tank with gas because things are so outrageous. It's climate. Take a listen. I come here today with a message. As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. So who was in that movie, Clear and Present Danger? That was a good one, if I remember. Much better than what I heard today. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And this is Judge Janine responding to it because she said, you know what? This president is just flat out tone deaf. Every time Biden says that something is an emergency and he's going to address it, he's going to unlock federal resources and he's going to use all of his administrative powers. I mean, the man is so out there at this point, he doesn't realize what the emergencies are. The emergencies are inflation and crime. Those are the emergencies. But you see, these people don't believe they work for us. What they believe in is getting elected and making sure that the power is distributed among people that they agree with. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's a slim group, even of the Democratic Party, that feels climate change is the issue. And they are using it as a campaign booster. And yet, what does it do to America? It is a disaster, especially right now with the economy. Let's go to Gary, line four in New Jersey. Go ahead, Gary, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Uh, you know, I really love what I hear. I'm, I've been listening to all the great broadcasters again on ABC. I've got to say this. Everyone's got it all right. What's scary to me is when I hear a guy like Jimmy say, why didn't we do something about this back in the 
60s, when we knew about it in the 40s, that kind of thing. So what I want to remind everybody is, and no one's guilty of any incorrect thoughts that I've heard on this station, listeners or otherwise. Here's what's important. When the Chinese get stood up to, they back off. When England gets stood up to, they tend to fight wording, but they back off. So is your is your What's point, Gary? We need a little better offense. Is, is that your point? Uh, my point is we're all right on target, but we got to start the offense very early. Great point. We had to fight. Great point, Garrett. And by the way, I think also just get to the voting booth. I mean, that is the best way to go on the offense because you can see what direction this is headed. I don't want a windmill. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Posen, Illinois. And there in the city, it will be honoring Detective Matthew Lavelle next week for his life-saving actions and saving the life of an infant who suddenly stopped breathing. Detective Corporal Matthew Lavelle is being hailed a hero for his quick-thinking efforts that helped revive a 10-month-old baby named Nathan Jimenez. After the baby fell off of a bed at home, the family jumped into the car to take the little boy to the hospital. And it was at an intersection there as they were driving that the infant suddenly stopped breathing and his family called 911 for help. What a scary situation. Well, Detective Lavelle said that a call came out for an unconscious 10-month-old and he and the Posen police chief happened to be just a block away when that call came. Arriving at the scene, the officers encountered the boy's mother and grandmother in hysterics, needless to say. Well, he started to help the baby and started to do a whole bunch of different compressions, whatever he could to help the child doing CPR. And after 15 to 30 seconds for him to start breathing suddenly and becoming much more responsive. And then the baby gave that great sound, started crying. And he said, we all knew it was going to be okay. How beautiful that this detective and also the chief of police just happened to be a block away and saved this young child's life. What a great story about why it's always so important to back our men and women in blue. Well, I'm a big supporter in supporting our president, but I also like to call it as I see it. And this president, unfortunately, is really in mental decline. And it's no surprise that they are now speaking about the 25th Amendment. Uh, Here is an interesting exchange again that took place just a few days ago on Capitol Hill with a Republican member of Congress talking to the Transportation Secretary, Mayor Pete, about, don't you think, maybe the 25th Amendment and it's time to put somebody else in the commander-in-chief role? President Biden's mental state, and for good reason. Sadly, he shakes hands with ghosts and imaginary people. He falls off bicycles. Even at the White House Easter celebration, the Easter Bunny had to guide him back into his safe place. Cue cards that say, sit here, or end of speech, which he actually states, that is, if he stays awake. 
So my question for you is, sir, have you spoken with any other cabinet members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? First of all, I'm glad to have a president who can ride a bicycle. And I will look beyond the, the insulting nature of that question and make clear to you that the president Have of the United States... Have you spoken to any other cabinet not. members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? The, of course please not. Please allow the you witness to know. Have you emailed... This is my time. States. Have you emailed any members with the, the executive States. branch about the president's health the or president's cognitive decline, of the United States including text messages from your private or phone? Boss, as I have I ever figured had the pleasure this. of working with. Wow. Boy, are things getting heated. And you can bet after the midterm elections, there will be a lot more questions like that. What are your thoughts that Republicans are asking Democrats and members of the cabinet? Are you discussing the 25th Amendment? Because the president is clearly in decline. Well, today he was out there touting climate change as the issue of our time, the emergency of our time. I can think of a heck of a lot more. But listen to, again, Mayor Pete, because yesterday during that same hearing where he was saying, oh, no, we're not talking about the 25th Amendment. Oh, yeah. By the way, I am doing some campaigning, uh, maybe 2024, give to MayorPete.com. And Kamala's doing the same thing. And Gavin Newsom are doing the same thing. I mean, there's already a lot of discussions out there about not being Biden and who is the choice for 2024, because even the Democrats see it. They're speaking out about it. They're not saying it publicly. Some of them are, uh, but not the cabinet yet. But you can bet there's going to be a lot more of that discussion somehow right after Election Day in November. Meantime, they're talking about this great transition that we all need to go on at a time where inflation is 9.1 percent, where now people, have you seen the numbers today? I mean, people are frightened about their homes. They're scared about mortgages. They're scared about buying homes. I mean, this is a really, really scary time where people are talking. But there's a story of a woman who's giving blood to make money for her family. I mean, that's how bad it is in many American households. Every American household sees it. Whenever you go to the grocery store, you see it and you feel it. And yet this president and his administration, all they are talking about is green, 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 green. Let's build a, let's build a windmill so maybe in 20 years we're going to be able to save, you know, uh, one one thousandth of the energy. Does that make any sense? I could pull a second grader off the street and they would say, wrong time, Mr. President, even if it's a nice idea to go green and have green climate and green this and green that. This is not the time. The inflation is killing you, Mr. President. You hear it all over. All the media is talking about it. And you're talking green, 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 green. Well, listen to Mayor Pete, because Mayor Pete says, We all have to endure pain. We have to go through difficult times to make this great liberal transition that they're thrusting upon us. Take a listen. The more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. It's why we're hoping you and your colleagues might reconsider opposing the reduction of EV upfront prices with tax credits. So, so you're, you're saying the more pain we have, the more benefit we're going to get. Of course. Now, I no. think that's what I heard you say. Right? You said the more pain that we <laughs> no, have. That's, that's what you heard no, me say. That's what I heard you say. I know you the want me to say it have. so bad, but, but okay. uh, honestly, sir, what we're saying is that we could have no pain at all by making EVs cheaper for everybody, and we'd love to have your support on that. Forgive me, but I kind of like to not have any pain. Don't you think? Wouldn't it be nice? How much pain would you like to endure? 
you know, for the sake of a windmill? You answer that question. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is Senator Rick Scott, who says Mayor Pete is in la-la land. Think about it. The median income in this country, half people make more, half people like less, is $33,000. How can all those people go out and buy electric cars? Now, up here, you know, if you're a U.S. senator, and I, I bet it's probably true for better judges, you know, the federal government pays for your electricity. So not only can you not afford the car, but up here they'll pay for it, and then up here you'll, you'll get your, your electricity paid for. I mean, these people up here are completely out of touch with what normal people are going through. They're struggling over gas prices. Can you put put gas in the car, put food on the table? And buying an electric vehicle is not in their, it's not in the house of cards. They can't afford it. And things are so obvious that Joe Manchin, Democrat, said he is not supporting this big new plan that Joe Biden has. That's why Joe Biden's trying to get around Congress now and do like some executive actions in the future on climate change because he wants to thrust it down our throats that way. But yet Joe Manchin said, this is crazy. I'm worried about the inflation. I'm not worried about climate change. And my constituents, everybody he talks to says their priority is the economy. And he says, this is wrong. Don't spend money right now and create a bigger issue with inflation. I mean, it just adds to it. And yet this president does not care. But listen to Joe Manchin, again, a Democrat who says no way. To people that are criticizing me, my own colleagues, I understand that. I understand their aspirations. I understand where they're coming from. Not the criticism I'm getting uh, from the people who are saying what Joe Manchin strings. I'm not stringing you all. Don't you believe inflation is the number one thing in America right now that's hurting every human being? I'm sorry. If they don't care about that, I do. I'm more concerned about that than anything. Yeah. A reasonable Democrat. Bravo, bravo, bravo. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Line 8. Stan, your thoughts about this? Well, I want to talk about uh, that first one you had with uh, talking about the 25th Amendment. That was an interesting little conversation. Yeah, what, what are you Wait making, Stan? You Stan want me to answer? Yeah, Stan, he's shaking the air. You don't That's have a problem with that? That's, hey, he could spit in the air as far as I'm concerned, okay? Let me tell you something. I prefer him than a Napoleonic complex named Donald Trump, a psychopath who believes that if I tell you something that ain't true, you suckers are going to believe it, and I'm going to tell it. That, to me, is the worst of this country. That, to me, is the word. That psychopath deserves what he gets. So I'm telling you, I'll stick with Joe Biden to the end. I mean, I think he's pretty decent. He's made mistakes, absolutely. And, and, you know, nobody's perfect. And obviously, Joe is perfect in everything. I'll agree to that with you. But I prefer him to that person who thinks that uh, if I lie long enough, the suckers that believe in me will buy it. And they do. They kiss his ass day in and day out. That is Donald Trump. And I will stick with Joe Biden. I don't kiss his rear end, but I have questions like you do. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, so Stan, first off, you talk about credibility. Let me play again. I want to play. Let's play number six again. This is where Joe Biden announces to the world somehow just a few hours ago that he has cancer. Take a listen, Stan. The first frost. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. 
That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation? All right, two things. Delaware doesn't have the highest cancer rate in the nation. That's one. Two, his cancer happens to be melanoma, which he's never tied to Delaware. And he told the exact same story, uh, I guess it was like about a year and a half ago, tied to asthma that he got. So, Stan, this guy can't even keep his own personal story straight. He's announcing to the world he has cancer. And, oh, oh, the White House is like, oh, no, 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 no. He didn't mean that. Well, and you then, just said he said, okay, he said he's about cancer. He was talking about a subject. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, the White House came back and said, oh, no, 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 no. He was talking about some skin melanoma, and he must have misspoke. I mean, can you imagine if you were working in this White House, the favorite word is misspoke. That's like as opposed to Mr. President, it's misspoke. That's the question. That's the comment they make all the time. Oh, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that there should be a regime change. He didn't mean American troops are going into Ukraine. He didn't mean that we were going to abandon Americans in Afghanistan. Uh, He didn't mean that there wouldn't be chaos and people running, uh, chasing the planes. Go ahead, Stan. You're great leader, Joe Biden. Donald Trump didn't mean that uh, the election was a phony. Donald Trump didn't mean that uh, he wanted to uh, stop the uh, uh, process of the election. He meant it. He meant it. So who is the more dangerous human being in your case? Who is that you can trust more than the other? If you can trust Donald Trump over Joe Biden, you stick with that guy. That's fine. I mean, who do you trust? Well, Stan, 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 there is is Stan, it's dangerous if you have a president who has no clue and doesn't know what room he's in. Stan, I think, you know, I love you, but boy, you got to get off the meds. Thank you very much. Great to hear from you, my friend. Let's go to Alice. Line three. Alice, your thoughts. You just heard from uh, Stan, who thinks uh, Joe Biden is like creme de la creme. I think he's a cream puff, but go ahead. Well, I think uh, Stan needs to have his meds adjusted. Um, Joe Biden is a marionette, and there are all kinds of people who are pulling the strings. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where he is. When he was in the Middle East last, last week, he said, where am I? What am I supposed to do? He has no business being in the position he's in. Now, if for some reason either the 25th Amendment or a resignation, that means that Kamala Harris steps up. So there she is. Uh, she has what people I've heard people call a word salad. If if you get to where you're going, then you're where you're supposed to be. That's scary. Yeah, and you know so, what's also scary, Alice? Too. You bring up a great point, and that's why I mean. There's a lot of scenarios like after November, he suddenly says, oh, I'm only going to stay for one term to be with my family. Maybe he tries to look like he's doing some patriotic duty or just like you said, maybe the Democrats want him to leave, saying that he just wants to spend time with his family and leave after the midterms, which, by the way, I've never said that before. You know, I've covered presidents for many, many years. I used to cover White House, spent a lot of time. I've never thought that, but I really actually do think that. That something may come even after as early as November. I mean, he may say, you know, I'm not going to do it. They're going to push him out and try to put Kamala in there to hope that maybe somehow she can at least turn things around for the Democratic Party. But just as you said, she's a she's a verbal. uh, You brought up, uh, you know, word salad. How about her laugh too, Alice? I want to play a couple things because here's one of the new comments she made. This is so crazy as we're talking about gas prices 
and, you know, the economy and everything else. This is Kamala Harris. And listen to her crazy laugh about something as serious as how much it's costing American consumers to get gas these days. Take a listen. What we need to do domestically, what we need to do to bring down the cost of gas. Well, right. (laughs) Right. I seen a meme the other day that said me Googling online how to make gas at home. Okay. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. Hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my. It is so frightening. So frightening. And all I think about, remember when she was over in Poland and she was at the press conference with Andrzej Duda of Poland. She's standing next to him. And the reporter asks a question about the refugees, the millions upon millions of refugees that are pouring into Poland and just how dangerous the situation is and how sad it is, obviously, that's continuing there from Ukraine. And she starts laughing like it's like a funny question. It is so inappropriate. Um, And, Alice, let me play. Here's a little bit more because here's some of the best of cackles. Take a listen. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down, everybody. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. And those are all usually quite serious questions. Alice, you bring up a good point. Is she ready for prime time? Is the backup quarterback uh, worse than the uh, the front one. No, she isn't, and the uh, and then, uh, the vice president who will take the place of an outgoing president is uh, gets to choose their vice president. It would be scary if she chose Pelosi. Oh my gosh, can and, you imagine that? No, and then I, and I, she'll I, she'll I have her husband in charge of uh, transportation. He'll be transportation secretary, the one who just got the DUI. Remember that one. Oh, 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 or else uh, her stock portfolio. That's another thing that she can do, too. That's right. He could, that's right. He could be economic advisor. Alice, this is scary. Yeah. Boy, are we scary times, isn't it? It's it's unfortunate. And it's like it is just it's frightening when you look at all the different scenarios out there. And I bet there will be some sort of change. There has to be, even if even if it's just he's just going to ride out the first term. There is no way. I really significantly doubt that he would ever go to a second term, whether it's his choice or the party's choice, um, you know, and and obviously we wish him well in his health, uh, but he is not ready to continue as president. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, you guys know I used to go to University of South Carolina, a proud graduate. We used to hear a lot of Leonard Skinnerd, And this is something that I think Joe Biden is saying constantly. What's her name? What's his name? Oh, that's right. It's Putin. Oh, it's right. It's Kamala Harris. Here it is. Let's play it a little bit. Actually, that could have double innuendo with President Biden. As we saw on the campaign trail not too long ago. But we'll talk about that another time. 1-800-848-9222. He is shaking hands in the air saying, who's this? Who's that? Where should I sit? What do I do? Who talks first? It's really frightening. And today telling this story about when he had cancer, he said, 
tied to a story where before he had claimed the same story, basically, where he said he got asthma from. He can't keep his story straight, even about his personal life. It is really, really scary. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, your thoughts, my friend. Yes, good evening. Um, Very simply, with climate change, in this country, we measure pollution, air pollution, in parts per million. In in India and China, they measure it in parts per thousand. That's a thousand times difference. The air that's being let out from India and China is responsible, by the way, according to the Global Climate Watch Institute, uh, for the heat wave that's spreading through Europe and the United States and South America. But if but but you know uh, what's interesting, Phil? In the middle of all this, as we're talking about, you know, climate change and we're talking about clean energy, he's going over to Saudi Arabia asking for oil in Saudi. He's asking it, you know, looking at oil in Venezuela and these places which, as you refer to the same story as you're seeing with China and India, where they have so much pollution. Um, Same thing with the oil there. That's the dirtiest oil. And yet he's okay for us to get that dirty oil, but it's not okay if we drill cleaner oil in America. Does it just doesn't make sense, Phil? Well, we, we we're going to basically have to live with another two and a half years more of Biden. This is this is the sad truth because you can't you can't put the man out on uh, uh, number twenty five. You can't you can't uh, impeach him. You're going to get Kamala Harris. You impeach her. You're going to get Pelosi and so on down the line. So it doesn't pay. You know, the Republicans that are around now are not that stupid. They know better. The point is, by the time Trump or DeSantis gets to the White House, this country is going to suffer two years of the most intense revamping you can ever believe. Because the the cost of this oil crisis and the inflation and other things is eating everybody alive except for the very rich. People like myself and my wife. We have to spend another $150 more every every week and a half just to survive. Our rent went up. Our food went up. We're, we're talking about we're talking about another $2,000 a year. Uh. We don't have that kind of money. We've got to, my wife's got to get a, a second job, part-time job. It, and, it, and you know what, good. Phil? Phil, you hit a great point because it's great hardworking people like you that are so affected. Everybody's affected. You know, when you go to the to the store, you go to the gas station, um, and I was reading that it's every American family, the average is $6,800 more they are spending a year, courtesy of President Biden and his, you know, transition that none of us wanted, and even Democrats in the latest poll show 3% and 1% of Americans want, but he is determined to do this loony, crazy transition, and I agree with you. Uh, with him staying on board or the Democrats staying on board, it's going to be buckle up your seatbelts. It's going to be a crazy time. We're going to continue talking about this after the break and also talk about them going after the Good Samaritan who shot the killer. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know you And later on in this hour on the Rita Cosby Show, we have a fascinating guest, a best-selling author and also acclaimed veteran, John O'Neill, is going to be joining us. He's joining us in about half an hour, and he's going to talk about some blockbuster details that he uncovered discussing Wuhan Lab, China, Fauci. There's some really interesting stuff. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. That is coming up in about half an hour from now, where he'll be talking about all the details on that. And also, this comes as Dr. Fauci is kind of clarifying his comments, saying, no, 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 no. I didn't mean that I would necessarily leave public life. I just maybe will do a different position. And almost immediately, Senator Rand Paul came out and said, well, said, that's good. Because we want you to stay in public life so we can investigate you. So, boy, I think it's going to get interesting if the Republicans get control of Congress in November. And also, we've been talking about President Biden and just his really far out there policy today, basically saying and coming out and saying that climate change is an emergency. He's planning on doing these executive actions coming up soon. That is his focus, that. And meanwhile... He doesn't seem to care whatsoever of what's happening on our southern border. And they keep selling us this line that things are fine at the border. There's no problem at the border. We're going to basically break 4 million illegal immigrants crossing into the United States in the first two years of President Biden's presidency. Think about that. That is a stunning number. And yet Alejandro Mayorkas, sounds like Ricardo Montalban, who is the head of Homeland Security, well, he says, no, the border is just fine. Don't worry about it. Take a listen to what he said a few hours ago. The border is secure. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. Uh, I have said to a number of legislators who expressed to me that um, we need to address the challenge at the border before um, they pass legislation. And I take issue with the math of holding the solution hostage until the problem is resolved. Um, uh, There is work to be done. Um, When you safe and secure are two different words. There are smugglers that operate uh, on the Mexican side of the border. Um, and placing one's life in their hands is not safe. Wow. So the border's fine. Yeah, there's a few little issues. They are not even checking them for their criminal histories. To me, this is astounding. Our president is focused on climate change and not focused on our U.S. southern border that is wide open with more and more people who've been on the terrorist watch list coming in at historic levels and illegal immigration coming in at historic levels. They're not checking them for COVID. They're talking about masking up in San Diego and in Los Angeles. They're talking about putting masks on kids in schools there again. 
and they're not even checking them for coronavirus at our southern border. Boy, are our our president's priorities and his administration's priorities so out of whack. And case in point in dealing with crime. First of all, this president barely ever talks about the issue of crime in the sense of going after the repeat offender. I'll give Eric Adams, by the way, of course, the mayor of New York credit, because he has said that we have this revolving door of criminals. We got to get tougher. We got to get tougher in the justice system. That's absolutely 1000 percent correct. And then yet he also still continues to sort of spew this liberal talking point when it comes to guns. He joined with a whole bunch of mayors today. It was 14 other cities, including New York, talking about the gun issue. And I thought, okay, well, maybe he's going to go after them and cohesively say, let's crack down on repeat offenders. Let's find a way to keep these bad people out and keep them out of society. And when I say out, I mean, like, put them behind bars. Make sure that they get appropriate punishment. The broken windows theory. But no. He immediately went for gun manufacturers, like a liberal talking point. Take a listen to what he said. And we uh, want clear plans and steps to dam each one of the many rivers that are feeding the gun violence in our cities. It was not lost on us. It didn't matter if you were from a southern state, a northern state, the west coast or east coast. Uh, there was the same issue facing us. Too many guns in the hands of too many people carrying out dangerous actions in our cities. So they are talking about now going after the gun manufacturers who supplied the majority of guns used to commit crimes in their cities. Not going after the repeat offenders, but going after the gun manufacturers. Why is Eric Adams one of the few people who even talks about repeat offenders in the Democratic movement? To me, that's scary that he alone sometimes brings it up, as he has a number of times. I will definitely give him credit for that. But today, it was like all these mayors coming together from all these major cities where crime is just corroding these cities across the country. And their solution that they come back with is going after the gun manufacturers. That's like going after the car manufacturers because a drunk driver got behind the wheel and committed an accident and ran into somebody. You go after the guy. You don't go after the gun in this case. You don't go after the car in that case. I mean, this is really crazy. Why uh, is that the solution, going after the gun manufacturers? Am I right that that's like a car manufacturer should be responsible if a car gets into an accident? It's not a car. And, in fact, by the way, speaking of Democratic talking points, remember that parade when that happened in Wisconsin and the guy plowed through all those people at the parade? The Democrats came out and said, a car plows through the parade. And they kept saying that, as opposed to a repeat offender got behind the wheel and killed people. Nobody talked about the repeat offender. How can you ever solve crime if your resolution is only going after the gun manufacturers? Why should they be responsible when it's the thugs who are doing the crime? Here's a little bit more of Mayor Eric Adams talking about gun violence. Gun violence has sucked the air out of the room of all of the issues we are facing. The prerequisite to prosperity is public safety and justice. And the absence of public safety is preventing our cities from moving forward. 
And now things are so loony kazoony. They are so about getting rid of guns, guns, guns. I contend get rid of thugs, thugs, thugs first and allow at least law-abiding citizens to have guns, especially at a time where you got the border wide open. What are you going to tell the border communities? Oh, hand in your guns. No problem right now. And especially as you're seeing crime skyrocketing across the country. Case in point, this case that happened just recently, horrible case at the Indiana Mall, where we know that an active shooter opened fire. He killed three people who wounded two others with a rifle. How was he stopped? A 22-year-old good Samaritan named Alicia Dixon carried a gun and took out the gunman. Just a good Samaritan who saw it happening and saying, I got to stop this. And get this, the loony left is no going after the good Samaritan. Are you kidding me? The loony left is actually saying that this good Samaritan broke the law, that he shouldn't have had a gun. And shame on him for carrying an illegal gun, which, by the way, is not true. But I I thought I've heard it all. Listen to The View talking about this good Samaritan who saved countless lives. They say that a good guy with a gun can control a bad guy with a gun. Well, we saw in Uvalde that that's not true. And you saw it in Buffalo. Yes, we saw it in Buffalo. But we saw that it is true in Indiana. It was true in Indiana. Uh, That was a lucky moment. And you know what? I feel like this. If you're a good guy with a gun, you should not object to background checks or or licensing or, uh, you know, a limitation on military-style weapons Mm -hmm. that kill thousands at once or hundreds at once so why can't they just pull that off but with this good samaritan thing listen i was trained when i was at the justice department in firearms and i was trained in defensive firearm training Mm -hmm. it is very hard to hit a moving target it is hard for people that are trained to hit a moving target it is very lucky um, that that good Samaritan hit that moving target in, in, in that way, and he wasn't. He had a gun permit, but he wasn't supposed to be in the mall with a gun. So he broke the he law, the even though he was a, even though he was a, a and good so the Samaritan. Law, the law of Indiana is different than the law of the mall of Simon Malls, and I yeah. would say that takes precedence when you save a. Bravo for the person there at the end who was saying, you know what? Guess what? And also, the police on the scene said that the guy was actually a hero. He emphasized that he, quote, lawfully carried a firearm when he stopped the shooter. Can you believe that they're parsing whether it was legal or not? Meanwhile, they're wrong. He was legally allowed. He had gone, he had a license. Uh, Everything was absolutely legal. And he took out a bad guy, a good guy with a gun, taking out a bad guy. They don't like that narrative. How frightening is that? We'll take a listen to Judge Jeanine Pirro talking about it as well. He didn't break the law. He didn't break the law. They say in the mall they don't want you to have a gun. What law did he break? He didn't break any law. What he did was he came to the defense of another person. I'm surprised at you, Sonny. You worked for the Department of Justice. Okay? Here we go. Ideology is trumping the murder of innocent victims. They are so left that they say they want to believe that it's a horrible thing. And God forbid we call this person a good Samaritan who stops a mass shooter because he's a law-abiding guy with a permit for a gun, and she's upset that he stopped the killer. What is wrong with this picture? Yeah, can you believe they were focused on whether the guy legally had a gun or not? Like, shame on him. Meanwhile, he did. It was legal. 
And he took out a bad guy as opposed to saying, God, what a great thing that someone who was trained, who was qualified, was right there and was able to take out the gunman, the active shooter who definitely was going to kill more people. I mean, this to me is so shameful. They're going after whether it's legal or not, and they're going after the gun manufacturers. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman, line seven. Norm, uh, your thoughts first off about this, because this is shocking that they're actually going after a good Samaritan, uh, you know, because he took out a gunman. Or I, I mean, this is so upside down, Norman. Yeah, well, first thing, you're playing the view. I I don't generally listen to the view with any uh I mean, that's just it's not a serious show. I mean, these people, are, I don't know where they're living at. I, I don't even think, are they, are, they, are they now broadcasting in the same room, or are they still following their, last time I saw their, like, COVID protocol, were they broadcasting out of each one's apartment or something like that? That's right. They were in separate places, but they are together now. And listen, you know, the reason, oh. I, the reason I also play it, Norm, too, is that mm-hmm. it's a big audience. It's a big slice of America that does yes, think yes. that way. And and what I mean, to me, I actually I, I sort of never cease to amaze me that somebody when I heard the story um, mm-hmm. and I know you, you're a great patriot and a great American, Norm. You know, right. when I when I heard this story, my thought was, wow, how great that somebody took this guy out right away, because I think it was 11 minutes or something until the police got on yep. the scene, you know, and thank goodness there yep. was a qualified guy there who did the right thing, well-trained, and did the right thing. And yet they saw it as, oh, this is dangerous. How could he do this? I mean, how, who could ever parse it that way? Well, the, the hard left does not believe that people, you know, that they, they believe we should be disarmed. They don't believe we should have firearms. So they don't care. They don't care to the, the fact that the lives were lives were saved they don't care what's more important to them is that we are disarmed uh kumbaya my lord kumbaya i mean that's it you know they they, they don't they don't want anybody to have guns and uh yeah i mean unfortunately criminals won't 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 follow that right but, and yeah. that and norm right. that's exactly the point that criminals don't follow it and they're not doing anything to punish the criminals that are breaking the law you know, if they were, you know, going full force after the criminals who are breaking the law, um, I would I'd be the first one cheering them on because that's the right thing to do. Criminals need to be taught a lesson and they're giving them a pass. Thank you, Alvin Bragg, by the way. Um, let's go to Jimmy. Line three. Jimmy, your thoughts about this. You get a foreign enemy agent named George Soros comes here. He funds the operations where you get Marxist district attorneys who are not soft on crime. By definition, what they're doing is promoting crime. When you promote crime so bad that there's all kind of shootings all over the place, you get the population, the public, the masses to demand from the government, please, please take away our guns. It's exactly what you do if you want to have a dictatorship. You have to disarm the people. This stuff was written about. It's not, it's not a new idea. It's not a new strategy. In, 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 in Nicaragua, the communists took away the guns of the population. When Ortega, the communist, lost the election, he gave out guns to his supporters. You can't have it where only the bad people have the guns. It's the good people. Like the one you're pointing out, a good person with illegal guns saved lives. There was a case years ago in New York under Mayor Beam 
where there was an old man and he was having a sexual relationship with a woman. Her husband and the, she came in. They beat the old guy almost to death. He pulled out a gun and shot them. Mayor Beam at the time says, this proves we need strong gun control laws. In other words, the guy had a gun and saved himself. That's the proof we need strong gun control laws. The people on the left have a mental problem, but within that, it's an organized movement. It's part, look, they're trying to destroy our military. They're not just trying to destroy the idea that free American people should have guns. They're trying to destroy the, their military, pushing critical race theory and transgender stuff. This is why they have a recruitment problem. Yep, and, and, and by the way, you hit it on the head, Jimmy. You're right. They're having, sadly, a major recruitment problem because people who are joining the military want to join to fight. And there are a lot of young people who are like, wait a minute, this isn't the military that I signed up for. I want to go out there and go after the bad guys. And right now, sadly, there are a lot of bad guys to go after. And yet they're spending time, like you just said, on all this other stuff uh, that is just so crazy. Um, But you bring up a, a superb point. I mean, how scary is it that it's like, okay, let's take the guns away. Let's not applaud a good Samaritan who did the right thing. Um, and God forbid we talk about, like, even in the case of schools, you know, God forbid we talk about protecting schools and hardening schools. Remember uh, when Joe Biden was asked, would you harden schools? Even after Uvalde, he was like, no, I'm not for hardening schools. Uh, so what? You you just want to have it, everybody, all the good people, take the guns away, go after the gun manufacturers, and then you're going to go soft on the people that illegally have the guns? Boy, what a scary place. And that sadly place is in Joe Biden's mind and in a lot of other Democrats, too. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. having double vision and whiplash trying to keep up with the Democrats who say the solution to crime is to go after the gun manufacturers. What about the thugs? What about those guys? By the way, coming up on the show, too, we're also going to talk about Dr. Fauci, who will be under investigation, according to Republicans, if they take the House. We're going to be talking to acclaimed author John O'Neill, to get his take on Dr. Fauci, the Wuhan lab, COVID-19 origins, a whole bunch more. It is a blockbuster, and he's going to be coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Do not miss that. That's going to be coming up right after the break, along with our great Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great veterans. Let's go to your calls, one 800 848 Let's go to Frank in Canada. Frank, your thoughts about what we're doing that many liberal mayors are going after gun manufacturers as opposed to the thugs. Well, I saw, and thanks for taking my call, Rita. I saw today an ad with respect to gun manufacturers uh, reducing the size of these automatic uh, war weapons uh, so that kids can handle them more easily. And that seems crazy. And I've never heard a Democrat 
uh, in general suggest we want to disarm America. We just want to remove these war weapons. And well, I think and Frank, Frank, to your former Frank, president, hang on, Reagan, hang on, hang on, hang on, Frank, hang on, hang on, Frank. You got a lot in there, O Canada. So listen. First off, um, I, by the way, what you just said about making it easier for kids, um, I agree with you that that's troubling and that should absolutely not be the case. Um, I'm one of those people that it has to be somebody who is uh, an adult, who is mentally stable, who's qualified, who goes through the processes and that it is legal. Um, so I 1000, 1000 percent agree with you on there. Um, on the other hand, Um, The Democrats have said it. Uh, Beto O'Rourke said during the debates, we're going to take your guns away. Heck yeah. That's what he said. Now he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Now he's running for office. And it's like, oh, uh, I didn't mean that. So they have said that. And there has to be some realistic option at a time where crime is skyrocketing. Case in point, this good Samaritan who took out the bad guy. I say bravo to the good Samaritan. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a story coming from Bridgewater, New Jersey, where longtime Bridgewater resident and military veteran Michelle Smith was honored by the Bridgewater Township Council for her service to the community and to other veterans. She is a six-year Marine Corps veteran who rose to the rank of sergeant before earning an honorable discharge. She was also the first female to lead an honor guard at Arlington National Cemetery. And following her service with the Marines, Smith went on to serve in the United States Veterans Administration for 34 years. How beautiful that they are honoring her and appreciating her great service to our nation. I love doing this segment every night, by the way, where we get to honor our great men and women in the military. And speaking of the military, boy, uh, the military and everybody in this country was dealing with so many of the effects of the coronavirus And, you know, there's new strains out there. We've seen all these different reports of this new one, the BA5 COVID variant um, that they're now discussing. I brought up in San Diego and in L.A. They are talking about potentially making sure that kids wear masks to schools again. I mean, it's like, boy, the coronavirus and all these different variants have just destroyed America and destroyed the world. You think about just the economic impact, the health impact, so many of these issues. My goodness. And that's why we still need to get to the bottom of the origins of it. How come we have given so many of these places, like China, a free pass? I mean, it is crazy. Our president, President Biden's on the phone with the leader of China and doesn't talk with him about the coronavirus, even by the president's own account. I mean, that to me is stunning. Why do we not know? And I don't believe, again, in coincidences that suddenly there's the Wuhan lab that's right down the street from the wet market. And then, again, remember, China's not allowing not just America. They're not allowing the WHO, anybody, to get in and take a look at any of these things. We still don't know. We deserve to know what is and what isn't the truth with this. And so Rand Paul seems to be on a very powerful mission. First off, who could forget 
this exchange with him and Dr. Fauci on Capitol Hill not that long ago. And then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not the definition any appeared definition. on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Well, things are going to get probably a lot more heated, especially if the Republicans get Congress in November in the midterm elections, because today it came out, first of all, it came out that Dr. Fauci might be resigning at the end of Biden's term, and then Fauci came out and clarified things, guys, saying he is not planning to leave government necessarily. He may leave his current job, but that he may still stay in public life. And take a listen, because Rand Paul today, when he heard that news, he said that's good news if he stays in public office, because he's got a lot of questions for him that will put him in direct fire. Take a listen. I think it's very good news for the truth if he's going to stick around. We'll wait to see if it happens. But if he's in public employment We will subpoena him. He will have to appear and testify under oath. If Republicans take charge of the House or the Senate or both, he will have to testify under oath because a million Americans died. And we want to know about was there a cover up in trying to suppress any link to the lab in China? Well, Dr. Fauci and China will no doubt be on the hot seat if Republicans take control of Congress in the midterm elections in November. And joining us to discuss this is John O'Neill, a best-selling author, also a decorated Vietnam veteran, and he has a new book out about China and COVID-19 and a lot more. It is called The Dancer and the Devil. And John O'Neill, great to have you here on the show. Thank you very much, Rita. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. And you've done, you know, some powerful research through the years. I have to first get your take on Dr. Fauci and some of these comments, especially from Republicans, saying that they really want a lot more answers and hope that they have the power to do so soon to get them. There are two very important developments along that line. The first is an article by um, Dr. Jeffrey Sachs in the journal of uh, the American Journal of Science. And what he found is two really significant things. He found a grant request that Fauci hid, I think, from and did hide from the American public in 2018, a year before the Wuhan virus emerged from the Wuhan lab, essentially asking for permission to insert spike proteins into bat coronavirus at that very same lab in Wuhan, China. The second thing he found in study of the of the spike protein, which is what causes coronavirus to be so communicable, is he found very similar similarities to human lung cells, causing him to believe that it was clearly manufactured. The second thing that's happened uh, is Fauci has funded uh, a search now of over 80,000 animals around the world supposedly to locate coronavirus in nature. Not a single one has ever been found with coronavirus. 
finally, from the Judicial Watch, a set of documents obtained by Judicial Watch show that um, Fauci's NIH-funded gain-of-function research uh, at the Wuhan lab through a company called EcoHealth Alliance in 2015-2016, after it was illegal to conduct it in the United States, his testimony that there was no gain-of-function research being funded was not the truth to Senator Paul. And those documents also contain reports saying, hey, uh, the Wuhan lab is unsafe and, and the like, and uh, quite astounding. It's quite, um, quite clear that we provided technology to the Wuhan lab that was used to insert those spike proteins. I believe personally that, it, that the leak occurred at the military lab in Wuhan. Uh, that is the, the lab maintained by the Chinese Communist uh, Army, the PLA, very close to the Wuhan lab that Fauci was working directly with. But he provided the, the technology and even some of the funding that led the world to this sad pass. Wow, those are really stunning uh, comments there when you look at it and you go, wow, how can this be? How can it be that we still don't have an answer? And what's your thought in terms of why the U.S. and particularly this administration seems to be giving China and Fauci both a free pass? Well, there was a tremendous effort to hide this story. Um, The Washington Post, in in a story that it retracted ultimately, said that the uh, claim that the uh, coronavirus was of uh, man-made creation was a conspiracy theory. And it branded as conspiracy theorists, people like Nicholas Wade and others who first came with this story, and and a bunch of virologists. They then retracted that as evidence began to mount. Of course, the Washington Post is owned indirectly by the owner of Amazon, Amazon gets 50% of all of its goods from from China these days. And so there was a tremendous effort by groups affiliated with China to kill the story early on. And sadly, the NIH was a part of that. When the story about the uh, creation of the Wuhan virus appeared on Fox News, there are now a set of uncovered emails. And Fauci says, it's a story that will shine but ignore it, that will eventually be forgotten. And so that was the technique. Uh, Rita, the technique was to actually just pretend it never happened at all, let the death of 18 million people be forgotten and a million 100,000 Americans because it was inconvenient, because it was deemed to be uh, injurious to science or injurious to our relations with China. Um, Sad pass when you can contrast that to the the drive for truth that is supposed to be the basis of both science and journalism. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, we are talking to John O'Neill, best-selling author. His new book is The Dancer and the Devil. Um, you have obviously a military background, too. I mentioned you were in Vietnam, um, you're a Naval Academy grad. Uh, what did you uncover? You did your own research, too, and you had some stunning experiences yourself as you relay in the book. What really happened uh, to us was we we got a great deal of evidence. We began by looking at the Soviet bioweapons program, and that led us to China. We learned China had a huge bioweapons program. When COVID happened, it was evident to us what had occurred. And from sources uh, on the Internet, we learned that uh, the Chinese bioweapons had leaked in 1977 and killed over a million people worldwide. 
um, in very much the same way, in that case, through vaccine tests. And so we were in the process of all this, and we presented our manuscript in New York. We maintained our manuscript on, a, on my co-author's computer. She woke up to work on the manuscript, and she found that the manuscript had been invaded at 4 o'clock in the morning. We contacted the FBI. They recommended a forensic uh, uh, forensics guy, computer forensics guy, and we retained him. He, he uh, made a copy of her hard drive. He proceeded to begin investigating. Uh, he, we learned, he learned that they had actually gone into the cloud, the Apple cloud, gotten all of our sources out of the Apple cloud. Now, fortunately, the people in China and in Russia that helped us weren't listed there. Otherwise, they'd probably be dead. But in any event, they invaded the Apple cloud, got all of that, and hit our manuscript that way. The very next thing that happened while he was investigating is all of our uh, sources, all of our manuscripts on the Apple cloud were all destroyed. If we, Fortunately for us, we maintained them on a separate hard drive. But if we hadn't, that would have been the end of the book, Rita. That would have been it for the book, and that was last May. About the very same time that Fauci's email said it's a shining story, but it will soon fade away. So I guess we were supposed to fade away, too. That is stunning. And who do you believe was behind it and why? Well, my uh, co-author had a separate uh, – we were doing a great deal of research into Chinese sources. So it was very easy to determine who we were and what we were doing. We also circulated our manuscript. My co-author had a um, separate website in which she sold – art and other stuff like that. And all of a sudden, and that website allows her to view who's looking at her website, where the, where they're located, not their email addresses, but their locations. All of a sudden, her website was being hit many times a day from Wuhan, China, from uh, Shanghai, and from Peking, uh, places that she had no connection with, had never been to, and had never done business with. We also asked the forensic expert who, who did this. And the truth is, when people come in through the cloud, you can't track them exactly. But what he told us is there's only one one group in the world that can do this, and that's the Chinese government. And that's exactly who hit our manuscripts and destroyed our sources. That is so revealing. Uh, we are talking to John O'Neill, the author of The Dancer and the Devil, hearing about uh, what he experienced during his research uh, into coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, China, and so forth. Are you confident John, that the GOP will get to the bottom of this if they take control of Congress? And would you testify, too? I would testify in two seconds uh, in front of the uh, – under oath any time, anywhere. Um, I, I think that unless they uh, literally fire the people involved in the cover-up at the NIH and uh, in intelligence agencies – that will, will likely never get to the bottom of it. I think that if there's an independent inquiry of the type that Dr. Sachs called for um, and that were independent investigation with actual access to all the records of NIH, not redacted six months later, seven months later obfuscation, I think we would know the truth in an afternoon as to exactly what happened. Well, let's hope that we do get to the bottom 
bottom of it as millions killed, sadly, and the fact that we don't have any idea or at least we don't have any concrete proof as to where exactly this originated and not holding anybody responsible either is just, I think it's a travesty and the world needs to know. Um, John O'Neill, thank you so much, everybody. The book is called The Dancer and the Devil. What a powerful book and a powerful expose. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Wow, really fascinating, John. What an interesting story. And to hear what just happened to him, wow, with China that he believes investigating the Wuhan lab, that is a blockbuster and really, really interesting. John O'Neill, great to have you here on the show, everybody. What are you thinking? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Do you think that the GOP should absolutely do an investigation of Dr. Fauci and get to the bottom of what he knows with the grants, with the gain of function, with the origins of the coronavirus. Let's go to Tim in Queens on line six. Tim, your thoughts about this? It's really, boy, what John was just sharing with all of us was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for taking my call, Rita. As always, great to to listen to your great program. Um, yeah, very interesting conversation, and and I agree with him and you a hundred percent on China. Um, I, I think that we all know where this virus originated. It came from China. It came from Wuhan. The p- place where I sort of disagree a little bit is all this fixation with Fauci. I feel like we're missing the ball on that. Um, Fauci is a distraction. Our anger and our investigation should be towards China and the Chinese Communist Party. We know they covered it up. We know they did not tell the world what was going on. We know this originated in a most likely in a laboratory in Wuhan. And I feel like there needs to be an independent commission similar to the 9-11 commission after 9-11, bipartisan where we really go after China. And let's stop worrying about Fauci. You know, he's going to retire soon. Let's focus on China, China, China. Well, and you're right. They deserve to give us answers, answers, answers. I mean, the fact that they're not even allowing inspectors to go into that lab, to me, says a lot. I mean, you know, if you have nothing to hide, you say, hey, come on in. We'd like to get to the bottom of it, too. Uh, But yet... They seem to be, you know, blocking and doing whatever they can, and they're like bobbing and weaving. And not only do the American public, not only do we deserve to get answers, Tim, the world does. I mean, think about the damage that the virus, to me, that's like, it is It is pivotal for the world to find out what happened so it doesn't happen again. I mean, that's what's so, so scary to me. Let's go to Christine, line eight. Christine, your thoughts about all this? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I love this subject. It's long overdue. Thank you. Me too. By the way, and it's so it's so important, Christine, too. Give, sure give me your is. thoughts. Uh, what I found out was I knew this before that it actually originated the research in a Carolina lab. I don't remember if it's north or south. And when the virologist express, expressed concern about how contagious it was that it was being doctored up to be, That's when they shipped it to Wuhan and released it from over there. But there's something else I want to add. I also heard that Fauci was involved in AIDS research. Yeah, by the way, by the way, that part he did do. You're right. He was involved in that. And, in fact, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talked about that in his book. 
that there were a lot of questions about the way he handled it there. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. took a lot of exception with the way he's handled also this, too, that he's got a history, according to him, of, you know, having a lot of crossover with the pharmaceutical industry and a lot of that. Um, So there's a lot of questions here. Um, Wherever the origination is, we deserve to know. 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to continue talking about this, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Senator Rand Paul said if the GOP takes the House and also, look, it'd be great if they can take the Senate, he said, because then they can grill Dr. Fauci on the origins of COVID-19. Take a listen. I do fully believe this, this, this virus, this pandemic, that killed 6 million people around the world, leaked from the lab. But I think there was a concerted effort by him and his colleagues to cover this up and make sure it didn't come to light that the NIH was funding that lab and that there was reasonable scientific evidence that suggests that it came from the lab. So he's going to be made to testify under oath, and I hope he sticks around because we do have some questions. Wow, boy, that will be must-see TV, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line one. BJ, your thoughts about this? Yeah, uh, we need a Nuremberg-style trial led by the United States and have other countries impacted by the uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, and China needs to be held to account. I'm surprised you guessed that's all that happened to him. He's actually very lucky because he he is uh, he's got a lot of light shining on him. He he knows he he's 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 done a lot of research and he knows the truth. And I believe Fauci uh, is uh, in it up to his eyeballs. I've oh I never trusted that guy. Pina Navarro had that guy's number when he wanted to shut the country down. And that's why they're going after Peter Navarro. So this will not happen, however, for as long as Uncle Junior from The Sopranos is in the White House. You mean President Biden? Is that who you're talking about? He's just like Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior was bitter because he was number two his whole life. And then he gets into the big seat and he loses his marbles. I mean, it's just like Joe Biden. Unbelievable. But uh, we need this to happen. We need this to happen. Uh, and it only happens when we have a red wave, when we show up and vote and uh, take back the House and the Senate. We only get to the direction because, look, let's face it. We have to be honest. China just didn't do this. And we can't just walk away and say, oh, gee whiz, they did this. No, 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 no. You don't let people kill 10 uh, cost the, co- the world, ten, the country $10 trillion and kill millions of people around the world and say, well, you know, we just have to live with that. That's not how this this goes. You know, it's amazing, BJ, because you're right. They've been given like a free pass. And it's like WHO is like, we'd like to get in there. No, 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 we're not letting you in. Okay. And then Biden says, oh, you know, uh, doesn't even talk to them. He gets on the phone with the leader of China and he asks him, hey, how's the weather? You know, I mean, it, it is astounding to me just so not only so they're held accountable, because I agree with you that whoever was responsible for this should be held accountable. I mean, it's absolutely horrible if they can prove that uh, whatever, you know, intentional mistake, whatever the case is, lab leak, whatever the case is, or so it also doesn't happen again. 
I mean, there's a million different reasons that we deserve answers. Americans deserve answers. Families who lost loved ones deserve answers. And the fact that Uncle Junior, as you describe him, isn't going after it is astounding. Be a leader. Be a leader of the free world. Protect the world. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 